Our second reading comes to us from Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome, the 13th chapter. Paul writes, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself, that love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come to you for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on our Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. So as you can tell by the screen, that I am not Pastor Reefsteck. And this sermon is not going to be on Matthew chapter 24. So I just want to go ahead and give full disclosure on this one. So unfortunately, Pastor Riefsteck came down ill early this morning, and so therefore he will not be with us. But I will be filling in this morning. And so maybe your day is going a little bit better than mine right now. <laughs> we'll just pretend it that way. No, I'm just kidding around. But no grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. But I want you to imagine with me for just a few moments. Just imagine that there you find yourself in your nice and comfortable bed. It's a cold and blustery, wintry morning. Is that you find yourself all nestled down in that warm and cozy bed on that morning. It's that you had a little trouble falling asleep last night. And now you find yourself kind of just having that early morning roll over, big yawn and stretch because it's still dark out there and you know that you've got more time. So there you find yourself rolling over when all of a sudden you spot it. 8.15! 8.15! How is it 8.15? What happened to the alarm? What happened to the steward dog? Is it what happened to all of those things? Is that, do I have time to shower? Is that, do I have time for this or that? Is that, where are my dress pants? Where are my keys? Where in the world is all of that stuff that I need? How am I going to get there in time? So have you ever had any of those I overslept nightmares? <laughs> those very things that not just, that just simply find yourself there in that moment of panic. Then it doesn't even have to be real life. Sure enough, that's stressful enough. But we all know what it is to have that dream of that we're supposed to be somewhere and we just jolt up out of bed. That your mind is racing with all of the things that need to get done, all of the stuff that has to be taken care of, all of the stuff that is now going on. 
So we know that panic, that fright, that fear, whether it is real or whether it is simply one in our dreams. But we find ourselves knowing that bad, I overslept reality. But the fact is, is that as bad as we might feel in that moment, the most of the time, most of the time it's not that big of a deal. That so we may find ourselves arriving a little late. Maybe we might not look at top, you know, at that uh, peak of of everything, looking perfect. But the fact is, is that life normally goes on, and things are simply just there. But today, in our epistle reading. That as Paul is speaking to us today, as he begins to look out in his life and in our lives, is that he has a message for us as well. That he calls for us to wake up. To wake up to the day and the time and the very hour that we find ourselves. That he encourages us to wake up from our slumber. To wake up from all of those things that are just wearing us down and wearying us out. He calls us to wake up. Because Paul reminds us that it would be far worse to be caught spiritually asleep and unprepared for that day when Christ shall come than any experience of any day that we might simply have that I overslept kind of reality. So no, the Bible calls us, calls us to stop and to think about what is the time, what is the situation, what is now this very place that we find ourselves. That we're told that we are living in that very special time that the Bible calls Kairos time. Not chronos time, that chronological, this follows that, that simple tracking of the clock that we all so often focus our attention on. But that kairos time, that season time, those important moments of life, the kairos is what refers to those special or critical times or seasons or moments within our very world. That in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 is that it says to us, it says, when the fullness of time had come, that God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. And that was that special time. That God had indeed been waiting and waiting and waiting, and the people found themselves growing impatient and weary and wondering, when is God going to send the Messiah? But God had His time, had His season. That at just the right time, at just the right place, that we came to experience the good news of a Savior who was born for us, of a Savior who lived for us, a Savior who died for us, one who in all things came at just the right time in just the right circumstance for indeed His message to blossom and flourish and simply go forth from that very place so that all may come to know a hope, a promise, a love that extends beyond all of our imagination and a forgiveness that is ours. Not because somehow we were there at just the right time or somehow that we had done something for it. But God, 
God at his time, in his place, in his way, gifted to us the greatest gift that there ever was. But Paul now writes to us living in that season, that season of those who have come to know of this great gift, this great promise, this great hope that has transformed how we live. So what does Paul mean when he calls us to wake up? So this isn't simply just that overslept reality that he's calling us to see what is right there before our eyes. I think too often we sometimes hear this, is it that whole idea that Jesus is coming back. Everybody look busy. <laughs> is it? You don't want to be caught off your guard. You need to make sure that you're doing the right things, right? So sometimes we live in this idea of fear that somehow we need to be ready for that day and hour because we don't know when it's going to be, and so we, get, we need to be doing the right things. Is that what Paul is saying? Simply this idea of just make sure you're ready. What makes someone ready? What makes someone awake and prepared there? So the scriptures say that Jesus Christ has awakened us from our spiritual slumber. He has wakened us to faith and trust and given us that very gift. So what does it mean for Paul to call us to wake up. So too often we find ourselves simply wandering through this life in that haze, that very tired and sleepy reality of just expecting that this is how life is. So Paul calls us to wake up to the good news that is ours. You have been forgiven, you have been washed, you have been cleansed. And so what does that now look like in your life? The king is coming. Are you living in that very light? See, I mean, let's just go ahead and stop and think about this on a more earthly level for a second. Is that for you? That if you were told that you had one week to live, would that change how you go about that week? <laughs> Is that if you were told that you had just a few days left on this earth, would those things that you once thought so important, would they maybe slide down that list a little bit? <laughs> those things that we stressed and fretted and worried about, would they play so key a part? So now, what would we do with that time? said, who would we spend that time with? What things might we confess and talk about and finally own up to? What kind of places would we find ourselves in the midst of those friendships, those family relationships, those connections of those? So what are some of those unfinished plans that we would make or those people that need to hear about Jesus that we would finally find that very opportunity? to make sure they knew exactly where we stood and exactly what we hoped for them. See, Paul is calling us to see the time that is now ours, that he says the day of salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. 
But do we live that way? Do we live in that full forgiveness of the gospel? Do we live in that same joy of knowing that we have that clear standing with God? That it doesn't matter if He arrives today or if He arrives years from now, that we know that we are founded not upon what we've done, but on what He has done for us. But the question is this, that if we knew that we only had one week left, why would it all of a sudden change how we lived? Don't we have that opportunity to live differently now? Don't we have that opportunity to ask those same questions about what's important and how we spend our time and where is that very place, faith, within our daily life? Surely the Lord is coming and His promise is there for us. Our salvation is nearer today than it ever has been before. For Christ shall come that He has promised. But Paul calls us today to wake up to these facts, to remember of what it means to have this very gospel base. But there's one more thing that Paul goes on to say. So Paul not only brings up this whole question of that over, I overslept nightmare, but there's one other nightmare that he kind of brings up in this passage as well. So maybe you've had this dream before. You're going about your normal dream business of whatever's going on when all of a sudden you look down. Yeah, and that's right that you're not wearing anything there in the midst of that scary nightmare of everything. Not only does Paul call us to, put, to wake up, what does Paul go on to say? That he says the night is far gone, the day is at hand, so let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the very armor of light. That put on, a.k.a. clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Paul uses this imagery of clothing and of unclothing, of taking off all of that sin and all of that shame and clothing ourselves with Christ. That he does the same thing somewhere else, well, multiple places else in the Scripture. But in Galatians chapter 3, Paul says this, for as many of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus have clothed yourselves with Christ Jesus, that if you belong to Christ, then you are heirs of heaven according to the promise of God. So we find ourselves having a righteousness that is presented to us that is not our own. That Jesus has washed us and cleansed us and he has given us the very clothes the armor of light, the very glory of His forgiveness that He has given to us, the very beauty, the very beauty of those who have been baptized and forgiven and those who are promised that when that day comes, that we shall be ready. That when the Lord shall return, is that we shall be those who greet Him. Because He is the one who has washed us in His forgiveness, given us His love, and clothed us with His very grace. 
And so what does that look like then in our daily lives? What does that look like in the midst of those very daily things? Do we keep putting on that old and dirty shirt from several days ago? So why do we keep returning to those sins that have not made us any happier or more satisfied, those things that have left us with more guilt and shame and pain from the past. So why do we keep going back to them? That we know the very pull of our sinful nature, but we know that there is a day, a day that is coming when Christ shall cleanse us fully, shall clothe us fully and give to us as those well-dressed, well-wide-awake children of God, the promise of life eternal, that though we may walk in this world and live within the very midst of the darkness that is there, that what does Advent proclaim? That God is true to His promises, and He shall come again and bring to us that very gift of His lifeblood that shall keep us alive and fresh and living with Him for all of our days. And so it is for that very reason that this day and every day that we can celebrate the very peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.